Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I wanted to talk about children in general. And, you know, we we were talking there a second ago about what you would teach them about sex. And I would always teach young boys in particular as well to have respect for young women. And, you know, when we talk about consent and all that, it's always about respect. But what is the right age to talk to your children about world news and politics? I mean, should an eight-year-old be informed about the Taliban and Afghanistan? Should they be informed about the latest natural catastrophe where thousands might have died? Do they need information on any potential war threats or terrorist threats? Are they, you know, up to speed on the latest COVID guidelines? Do they need to know about the political parties in Ireland and what they stand for? I mean, so many parents grapple with these questions on a daily basis. And the reason I'm asking is we got a text yesterday from a woman who said, Now, my daughter is eight years of age. And yesterday she told me the girls were being killed in a war and they're not allowed going to school after 11. I asked her where she heard this. She said she heard it from one of her friends. And my answer was not something that concerns you. And when I told my husband, he said, I should have explained the story to her about what's going on in Afghanistan. I said I didn't believe she was old enough to know about it and that's something that it should concern her. Can you ask your listeners what is the right age to talk to children about world news or should children be just left to be children? And there is always that argument and there always was that children should be seen and not heard but of course that's changed a lot and times change and children have more information and access to information now. I mean if we needed information on wars or Afghanistan or the Taliban or national catastrophes or whatever we had to go to the library. Nowadays they just look on their phone or their iPad or whatever it happens to be. So what is the right age to talk to your child about news and politics? If your child is eight, do they need to know about, you know, apart from the obvious things that affect them directly, do they need to know about COVID-19 or the guidelines or the people who have died from it? Do they need to know who Leo Varadkar is? Do they need to know who Michal Martin is? Oh, well, you could tell them he's the Taoiseach of the country or President Higgins. You could tell them that, I suppose. But, you know, not about the ins and outs of it and what they represent, what they stand for. Do they need to know which parties, political parties, are conservative and which are more liberal? Do they need to understand what conservative and liberal actually means? Do they need to understand what who Joe Biden is or who Donald Trump was? Do they need to understand all those things? What's going on in Afghanistan? What terrorism is? Do they need to know all those things at eight years of age? Yeah, a lot of people would say no. Let children be children. You know, and at eight years of age, they should be worried about things that children worry about. (laughs) The small things in life that children worry about. Have they got their homework done? You know, the boy in the... The boy in the class that might be giving them a little bit of a hard time or the girl in the class giving them a hard time or, you know, or the latest song on the television or on their TikTok or whatever it is they're looking at. So what should they be worried about? Should it be world news? I don't think so. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you believe, and I know there's a good book out at the moment, and um, it's uh, David McCullough's book and it's about how to teach your children about politics and maybe that's a good idea. But is it a good idea at seven or eight years of age? 10, 11, yeah, start to introduce them to stuff like that because they're going into secondary school. They're going to be doing civics anyway and world news and economics and all that kind of stuff anyway. But realistically, do they need to know about it, uh, you know, when they're seven or eight years of age? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. I suppose with a benchmark at the moment would be the Taliban because that's probably the biggest story in the world at the moment, isn't it? Does an eight-year-old need to know what's going on in Afghanistan? That's really the benchmark for this question. 87 8 Would you teach them about it? Gina, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Gina? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Gina. I mean, in relation to world news or, you know, things 
catastrophes or whatever it happens to be around the world. Do children need to know about these things? Yeah, I have seven-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, to be eight in February, and definitely not. No. Like, even, to be honest with you, even when the first thing came out about COVID, how kids of their age were terrified, and they don't need to be known all this type of stuff that's going on in the world. They're too young. They should be living in their little imaginary bubble and, you know, playing their imaginary games and playing with the toys, and they shouldn't have to deal with any of that. They have enough of that to deal with in their adulthood. Yeah. Because we'd all, we all we all think back, you know, romantically about being children again and having no worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah no stresses, no nothing. You know what I mean? The only stress I had was I couldn't find my doll's dress. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And that's the only stress a child should have. Do you know what I mean? It should be happy. You know, they should be really just kind of living in their own little bubble. And that, that's what I believe anyway. I don't, I don't let my kids listen to any of that or know any of that. The only thing they know is Paw Patrol and JoJo and that's it. So if, you you, so if your seven-year-old came to you and said one of the girls in school was telling me that their girls are being killed in another country and they're not allowed to go to school or, or something like that happened, what, no. would you, what, would you, how would you, what would you say to her? Well, I, my kids had came to me because um, when we were, we were throwing out some of their toys and their clothes and George and my daughter said to me, Mommy, can we give them to the poor children that don't have mommies and daddies that we can give to? And I said, of course we can. You know, so they know, they know stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, if they came to me and said to me about somebody being killed, I'd be like, Where, what did I tell you before about listening to YouTube and stuff like that? That's why you only live on kids' YouTube, because all that stuff is fake. It's like TV, it's fake, and I keep telling you that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's exactly the way I'd go about it with them. Do we, do, uh, we burden, do we burden them with too much information? Yeah, we, of course we do. Like, with the, like I, I might only let my kids on the kids' YouTube, and they're only allowed it for an hour a day. And they go on and they play their songs and they do whatever. I think I think parents like even giving them PlayStations. Now my kids don't have PlayStations. They don't have any violent games or anything like that, and they won't have anything like that because I believe kids should be innocent as long as you can keep them innocent. Mm-hmm. Like you look at kids today. Like I remember back in my I'm only forty two, but I remember that happened way too long, way too early. Way I'm, too I'm looking early. at a story here in the paper this morning. Actually, would probably shock you. Six hundred and eighty six children between ten and seventeen were hospitalised for alcohol or drug use. Oh my God, that's disgraceful! Between ten and seventeen. No, no. Well, do you know what? My kids, I, actually, it's a funny story. About three, about four weeks ago, when we had a good weather, I was at a barbecue in my in my partner's sister's house. And I just said, do you know what? And I'm not a drinker. I said, look, just an ice-cold bottle of bud. Just an ice So he went down to the shop and got me one bottle. That's all I wanted was one bottle. And I, I opened it, and my son looked at me and said, Mommy! You're drinking dirty beer, and I was like, "No, I'm just having a little stuff. I'm thirsty." Next while he runs out, Georgia, Georgia, mommy's drinking dirty beer. Mommy's an alco. It was a shock that mommy was drinking dirty beer because they'd never ever seen me drink. Yeah, and that's their innocence. That goes to show how innocent that they are at that age. And I want to keep that as long as possible. Like, there's no alcohol in my home. So not, I've never brought them to a pub only for a Sunday carvery dinner, and then we leave. You know what I mean? Uh, I, and by the way, I, quite I shocking in this story, by the way, sorry, yeah. Gina, uh, 228 children who were less than nine years old were hospitalised oh for the same reason, for God. alcohol or drug use. Did you know what I hate? I hate when you're in the pub and you see them giving like a three and a four-year-old stuff with their Guinness. Was that what, yeah, but that was something my dad did as well. You know, you'd sit no. there and he'd, so when, when they were little babies, <laughs> they'd give them a sup of Guinness. Yeah, they did, and they're Joji and stuff. No, <laughs> I don't agree with that whatsoever. I'm sorry, and I'm not snob. 
and I'm not a strict mammy because I do have loads of fun other ways. Yeah. But no, I don't agree with that in any shape or form. I think kids are, I think a lot of kids are, no, they're innocent. They're taken away too early. But like even like even years ago, you know yourself. Years ago, when mommy and daddy was in the pub and we were left to run around and play outside and stuff like that, we still didn't know what was going on in the pub, though. We but I, I had no idea doing. up to the age of fifteen or sixteen. I think I had no idea who the teacher yeah. in the country was or who politicians were or what I they even no did. Idea. Didn't yeah. have a clue. Yeah, yeah. I told you, I'm the same with you. Completely so. My kids are the same as well. They don't, and I don't want them to because they don't need to. You know what I mean? Like they were terrified. They were petrified when this whole coronavirus came out first. And were they? I, I mean, were they anxious over COVID nineteen? Were they anxious over? Oh, they were massively. And the fact that I work in healthcare, they were terrified that mommy was going to die. Oh. Because they were told, and I was like, "Baby, it's nothing like that whatsoever." You know, mommy's protected. I've been asked my gloves. I'm fine, and all that. But they were petrified because they were hearing so many horrible stories. You know, so I had to downplay completely. Do you remember I had the flu last year? Remember I had a sniffle and a cough? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, that's what it is. Oh, okay. The mummy, why is everybody going mad? I said, because they just are. (laughs) (laughs) Because the world's going to be mad. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? You just downplay it to their innocence. Because they don't need to have all this stress and trauma. And they don't need all this. Yeah, so you, know I, so I mean? you think basically we're filling their heads with too much, way too much information. Way too much. Let, let them play with their dolls and their prams and their, their toy soldiers and everything else. And let, let them do whatever they want in their own little world. And leave them be, for God's sake. Let them be as innocent as they can for as long as they can. All right, listen, Gina, thank you very much indeed. Okay, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 87 188 Have to take a break. Uh, is Gina right? Let children be as innocent as possible for as long as possible. They don't need to know about it. Like, they don't need to know about the ins and outs of COVID. Of course, there are things that are going to affect them on a daily basis, i.e. if they're in secondary school, they have to wear a mask, obviously. Uh, although in the north, they're only going to have to wear them for six weeks and then they're going to be removing them. Um, down south, I suppose, you know, they, they're... They, they'll see markings on the ground and stuff like that and they'll be told in school to keep their social distance and keep their bubbles there last year when they went back to school. Things that directly affect them, of course, they will know about but the general, do they need to know, for example, that Tony Holohan, you know, said that there was an increase in cases? Do they need to know about, you know, the amount of people that have died from it? Do they need to know about catastrophes around the world? Do they need to know about Afghanistan? Do they need to know about Joe Biden, decisions he's making and how that can affect the world? Do they need to know all about all of these things? Some people would say, yes, it's good to give them a child's version of it, you know, an appropriate version of it, by the way. Obviously, you don't talk about beheadings and stuff like that. But I mean... Is it important that children know what's going on around the world at that age? Eight or nine years of age? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Mixed reaction, by the way, to the conversation I had with Tara earlier on. Some people agreeing with me, some people agreeing with Tara, by the way. And this comes from a story just to mention as well. The parents need to step up and educate teenage boys about consent. Minister Josepha Madigan has said after a survey revealed one in five teenage boys uh, doesn't believe consent is necessary before sexual activity. Uh, my concern was how that was worded. And of course, Tara did mention it would have been worded the same way to boys and girls. Uh, the, the question, so to speak. But I think that I believe there may be confusion with some boys. I would hate, by the way, to think that 20% of boys are rapists. Because I don't believe that is the case. I do believe there's 20% of boys, according to this survey and the way it was worded, 20% of boys believed that it's okay as long as no somebody doesn't say no. Which is probably what more so what they meant. In other words, there wasn't a verbal yes. 
And I suppose it goes back to behaviour and how we need to understand and change behaviour. The survey of 613 Irish school students aged between 15 and 17 found that 79% of boys agreed that consent is always required for sexual activity compared with 93% of girls. And that kind of insinuates that the other 21% of boys are rapists. And that's not the... Again, I say that's not the case. 21% of boys are not rapists. Rapists... There's a tiny percentage of men in the world are rapists. And I, I would hate to think that would be the case. But I do believe that we need to have a conversation about it because, as Tara said, she kind of compared, compared it to drink driving or to other legislation. I don't think it's quite that easy. There is a gold standard to that legislation, which means that you can measure it. Uh, when it comes to the interaction between human beings, it's about context and it's about two different pe- people, two people and their interpretation of an interaction together. Anyway... Would you have a conversation about your boy? And I remember having conversations with my boys, but it was more about respect and having respect for a girl when you meet a girl for the first time or you're dating a girl and having respect for her boundaries. But the number is 87 Do you think boys in particular, according to Minister Josefa Madigan, uh, need to have a conversation, or we need as parents to have a conversation with our 15-year-old boys about consent? I don't see anything too wrong with the idea of it, by the way. Uh, let me just go to Martin. Martin, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Martin? Not too bad, no. Yeah. I, yeah, I was a bit surprised by the, the results of that poll. And, and, and of course, you know, you, you have to ask your question, who, who, was, who, was, who was prompting that poll? You well, know, it was NUI was, Galway's Active Consent Programme. Yeah, well, obviously they got an agenda to try and fulfil, you know, and, and, and pump out something. That, well, I'm assuming they'd ask the same question of boys and girls. They would have to, to make the, the poll fair. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, yeah. I'm wondering what way the the wording of the question is. Well, 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 this is it. I mean, we've got so many focus groups, you know, like we have charities. It's a bloody industry, really, with these people. And they're all push, trying to push some sort of narrative or agenda on people, you know. I mean, yeah. we... we, we well, I, I, see, I think in this case, what they would have done probably is given them scenarios, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and ask yeah. them. And I did listen to radio yesterday and somebody, had a presenter, had suggested a scenario where, say, two people go out, get drunk, go back to a house, and they're both equally drunk. They have a regrettable interaction that night in bed together and they both yeah. regret it the next day. Yeah. You know, who's wrong and who's right? That's a very yeah. difficult thing to legislate for. It, it, it's incredibly difficult and it's this kind of rabbit hole that they sort of PC brigade and forever want to educate us, band of people, you know, uh, uh, keep, keep throwing out at us to try and swim and wade through, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, I, mean I, I, believe, I believe there is a conversation to be had and, oh, and it's an important conversation. Yeah, but I think actually it's an ongoing conversation. I mean, we, you know, we have 15 years or more at school. You know, we have interactions of, of all sorts of different levels as we're growing up through school and through our teenage years. We, you know, I, I, I joined the comprehensive system before it was grammar school and I got in on the first year. And, of course, you know, that was a new thing for us, boys interacting with girls at school. You know, that was unheard of until the comprehensive act came in to, and changed schooling. So, you know, we're starting to, at that, at that stage, probably nearly, I don't know, 50-odd years ago, to actually start having, you know, these good building relationships. And then we have brothers and sisters. We have cousins and, and, and uh, aunties and uncles. We have a whole family, a plethora of people around us as we're growing up, you know, in, interjecting, you know, their values uh, and, and helping us sort of understand, mm-hmm. you know, our interactions as we're growing up. And then we just get this band of merry folk uh, as the, you know, the hobbies that they have today. I, 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 but, I, but I do believe we have to be careful how we read these stories and these this research and how we portray it in the media, because I'm looking here, for example, the director of the Rape Crisis Network, 
um, said that mm. 20% of boys who said consent is not always required are making a strategic decision and are not are being selective about how they navigate consent. And that almost indicates something very nasty about 20% yeah. of boys. So I don't want to be living in a society where boys are portrayed as bad people and girls are portrayed as victims. But, because, but by the said, way, that does yeah. a disservice to women too, by the way. Can I yeah, just point out? Yeah, you've said, you've said this before, Niall, as well. You know, this is the way society is going. It's going and it's steering a hatred towards men. But, but I mean, but, but hang on, I also believe it's unfair to women too because I believe for young girls growing up, not just in relation to sex and consent, when we talk about employment opportunities, etc., etc., I mean, it's going to be a really bad world for women growing up to be constantly told you're never going to do as well as a man in life. I mean, yeah. which is, yeah, by the way, not the case if a woman wants to work hard and do whatever she wants to do. So, I yeah. mean, I, I just believe that we, we send out this message which doesn't does a disservice to women and also does these kind of stories do a disservice to men too. Yeah, yeah but I also think, you know, a lot of this is we can blame on social media because obviously there's a rapid access to information and there's a, a rapid turnaround of information. But, you know, so, social media polarises debate. It... it, it, it uh, stigmatizes one side so that another side can feel as though feel better with itself that it's won an argument or it's it's uh, mm-hmm. you know it's, it's creating some sort of campaign and what have you so you know so social media is a big driver in a lot of these sort of have you uh, got kids polarized view have you got kids yourself martin uh no but my partner has okay um, all right and and did you i mean i don't know their, their age group like are they boys girls or age groups oh but boys and girls and they're all got their own boys and girls now you know so okay okay but do you ever remember any of those kind of conversations yeah i mean yeah in a, in a very loose way yes i mean it is you know they come back and tell stories of, of, of uh, issues they've had uh with, with people as they've grown up you know and you and you, and you thought these things through and, I, and I'm very sure that they talk amongst themselves. Okay, but stay there for a second. Let me go to Aideen. Aideen, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How are you doing, Aideen? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Nice to talk to you, Aideen. Aideen, I mean, as far as this survey goes, one in five teen boys really haven't got a clue when it comes to consent. That that that's It kind of suggests that boys are very bad people in some way. I, I don't think it's... I, I, I wouldn't agree that boys are bad. And in fact, I'm just listening to you there... Like, I don't have kids myself, but I have nieces and nephews, and they're all kind of in their teenage years now. And if I'm being completely honest, I'd be more worried about my nephews with regards to a situation like that than my nieces, because they're, you know, girls are cute. I'm one myself, and I know how to manipulate. I've done it in my teenage years myself, you know, so girls are cute. Well, I think both genders can be cute enough when they want to be, yeah. Boys are easily easily led as well, you know, and... I just think it all comes down to being educated. But is it you is it time we've we've never kind of went down this road? Only in the last few years, we, we talk a lot about this. But is it time that in schools maybe we we had good conversations about about, co- about consent and respect? Respect is the key here, you know, and it has to be taught at an, at an early age. And and I think that there's such a stigma still in Ireland when it comes to sex. You know, we're very kind of prudish still about it, in my opinion. That it's kind of something that's just, you know, dirty in the corner kind of type thing. And I think, you know, it's a natural thing. And I think we should be talking about it. And talking about it, you know, not just... Well, it is. And you know, by the way, intimacy is absolutely beautiful, particularly if you love somebody, right? Exactly. And But I I don't want to see it being mechanised. No, and and, no. and that's a danger too, just that we take away mm. how beautiful and oh, how natural and, yeah. that feeling is. That I suppose 
and this is what I tried to describe to Tara earlier on, but I don't think she was having any of it, that <laughs> impromptu uh, nature <laughs> of sex. Exactly, and I think I put that in. I put that into my message when I, t- you know, I sent in a message earlier, and I just and I totally agreed with what you said. Like, how do you measure something like that with with substance abuse? It's measurable. You know, you blow into the thing, and it says, "Yeah, you're over a limit." Like, even you did something a, wrong. Yeah, yeah. In the throes of passion, are you going to stop every twenty minutes to say, "Are you okay with this?" and get signatures? Like, even if, <laughs> even if it oh, was, yeah, if you did the right thing the whole time, how could you prove it at the end? We could have a swipe of an app. I mean, I well, there was, but, but by the way, there was a suggestion. I think there is actually an app, a consent app you can get. Uh, there was a suggestion a few years ago. And I think somebody did bring one out. And by the way, I am not suggesting for a minute that any man force himself on a woman, or indeed any woman force themselves on a man. But but in say, and, and I think I think we're, most of us are not stupid. I mean, no. we, we all know the signals. You know, if somebody is not up for something or is and not. Wrong. Yes, of course. I think we all should know those signals. Yeah, but yeah, I think this sure. is what I've said. What I've said earlier is that we we are living in families. We're living with brothers and sisters and cousins and nephews and nieces, and 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 we're growing up. You know, fifteen, twenty years in an environment, a family environment, where you know we're going, we're dealing with you know a meridian of interactions with people. You know, and that's our learning base. And I think in a lot of cases. What's happening is that the, the educational people, or the, I should say the PC brigade or the want to sanitise everything brigade, are, are really steering it out of the family and making an issue of it. So maybe somebody can run a course somewhere on that. Well, I, and I think an important thing to talk about too, Martin and Aideen, you know, is because I know you seem to be both agreeing with each other to some, in some degree, is mm. alcohol. And most of the bad situations, yeah. most of the bad situations that happened uh, to young girls and and, yeah. and indeed young boys as well, happened because of the consumption of alcohol. I would say most of it is related to that in, in a lot of the, what I would call the fumbling years, you know, in in the sense of, you know, people finding the way with, with relationships. I mean, like you say, there's been so many cases on, on media where, um, people have gone to parties or they've, you know, uh, 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 after hours and stuff like that, hotel rooms and all the rest of it, uh, and have got themselves in some, some terrible scrapes, you know? Yeah, and I mean, and there, there does need to be honest conversations without people shutting down the conversations. If you remember rightly, going back a few years ago, mm. there was a presenter taking off radio for even having the conversation. Uh, mind you, the way he worded it was probably wasn't the best context in the world. Uh, mm. but But the argument was is that we tell our children all the time, be you a boy or a girl, that you don't put yourself into situations where you might find yourself in danger of being beaten up or being raped or whatever it happens to be. Exactly. That, that you try to avoid those scenarios and those situations. because And that's not victim blaming because we have to accept it's not a perfect world. Exactly. I mean, you know, I've had stories of people, um, you know, have travelled abroad and things like that, found themselves walking down the wrong street or they've, they've, they've been you know, uh, accosted by somebody who wants to give them a lift, you know, in a foreign country. And, and before they know it, they're, they're in some serious, some serious scrapes. And, yeah, I mean, we, t- we yeah. tell our kids from a young age, don't talk to strangers, yeah. don't get into a strange yeah. car, don't accept sweeties of a stranger. All those little yeah. things that yeah. we tell kids. You could argue that's all kind of victim-blaming stuff, if that's the, yeah. the road you want to go down. But that word victim-blaming gets used way too often. Yeah, the, well, these think- are just common-sense things we tell yeah, our children. Well, I'd like to call it mindfulness, an extension Absolutely. of all this mindfulness. Absolutely. Ideas, and, and, I think, and, I, and I think when it comes down to consent, I think mindfulness, we have to talk about the abuse of alcohol because I think, Aideen, you would agree, they go hand in hand. 
Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head there as well. The relationships that you form in your early years are mighty beneficial to you, either positively or negatively, as you get older as well. You know, if you're mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a situation or an environment where you're observing negative relationships and that's what you expect in relationships then as well you know and that's mm-hmm. what you might seek out because you think that that's normal too so it's Im- it's important as well that you associate yourself with people who respect you as well i think that that's very vitally important when you're going around looking for peers you know you, yeah you, no, look, I get it. you know mm. you should look look and seek for peers who who are there for to support you. and that can be very difficult even at my age that can be very difficult you know never ah, you're only a young one Aideen I'm only a young one as well. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much, Martin and 18. I appreciate you coming on the air. Some of the texts, by the way, coming in. Richie said, oh, where's it going to hear? Um, if a person is depraved enough to commit the crime, a horrific crime of rape, a consent class will do absolutely nothing to dissuade them. Well, I think, Richie, what we're talking about is, you know, understanding consent from a young age. I do get what you're saying. If you're talking about somebody in college at 22 years of age, you, you know what, there's probably not much point teaching them about consent at that, at that point of their life because if they don't know what consent is or don't understand what consent is at that stage, they're quite depraved. Uh, the number is 87 8 Are you surprised or shocked by the figures that say one in five teen boys um, basically don't, what is it, uh, don't, or don't always, believe they don't always require sexual acti- or se- consent for sexual activity? It's a lot, isn't it? You know, it does make boys out to be pretty bad, but I, I just think the scenarios may be put in these questions when they're doing this research. I don't think it's fair. I don't, I don't think it gives a fair interpretation of what the understanding of what that answer might have been. In other words, when those boys said, well, I didn't ask for consent, did they look for it through body language? Was it slightly different? I mean, I, I think it's all a little bit more complicated than a top-line figure like that, which makes boys out to be very bad people. In relation to the research, by the way, Dr. Patrick McNeely, who was a senior lecturer in the uh, NUIG who conducted this particular bit of research, said in the report here, she said actually in RTE essay, rather than looking at the boys in terms of blame or anything, he says we have to look, I suppose, at what we're doing in society in terms of consent and education. And I don't disagree with that. I think we all need to have a better understanding of all that. Let me go to Emma. Emma, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Emma? I'm good. How are you, now? Good, Emma. I mean, the headline paints a bad picture. You know, Joseph, yeah. Josepha Madigan's headline there, that consent not needed for sex, says yeah, one in five teen yeah. boys. Um, yeah. But, I mean, is it that much of a concern? Do you believe it's a big concern that we need more consent classes in schools, particularly for young teenagers? I, mean, I think it would be a great idea. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the, con- the concern, I'm not really sure. Like, I mean, look, how old were these kids? All under 17. 15 you know? to 17, yeah. Yeah, listen, they were probably like, yeah, why did all that serious taking the survey? I'm not I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying the results are wrong. You know, the way the lads are, boys will be boys messing about and I just don't know. But you're not even allowed to say that anymore. Didn't they ban that term oh, there about two years ago? Boys, it'll be boys. The guards will be at me to warn out. I just believe that, yes, I do believe we should have classes in school. I think it's fantastic. I think that, for me personally, the way I would react to it is that, like, they have so much access to the internet now that there's also consent. We need to speak about it completely openly with them in terms of, like, I have an eight-year-old son and I would rather that if a case ever came, touch what it never does. You know, against him, it's always a he said, she said. I would rather know that I've spoken to him about consent and it doesn't matter the circumstances you find yourself in and it doesn't matter. You know the way... Yeah. 
like, look, 99% of these situations are that, that, that there's drinks taken or drugs taken and Sadly, you're yes. going all the way and you're nearly at the end and either he or she says no and it's like, what do you mean no? And, and then then we're in a situation, you know? And I would just be reiterating the message of it doesn't matter the state that the girl or boy is in, no is no. If they can barely well, course, put it yeah. out of their mouth, if they're slurring it out of their mouth, it means no and you stop right away and that I think is where the majority of the issues are yeah you never take advantage of somebody under the influence of alcohol yes. it should be very I obvious and it should be re- thought thing. to everybody yes yeah it's a huge thing and I know they know it but I, I think it's good to reiterate it throughout the schools or via the parents it's just a huge one I think you know they all have the phones now like they all have the internet the videos go round the porn videos the lads think it's great I'm not going to, like giving out about that like I would just rather be someone who would say to my son now it's, hey, he's only eight that, listen, if you're looking at the porn videos or you're watching all that stuff, whatever, if that's what you want to do, but just for them to be aware that that's not real life. And and what what about the figure that 60% said that non-verbal consent to sexual activity is sometimes okay? Now, I don't know, what, what age group would you be, Emma? What's, what's your age group, if you don't have me Okay, yeah, well, so <laughs> in our day, I'm 57, I'm a bit older than you, a generation ahead of you. In our day... The word consent was never discussed, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really have it either. But no, but, but, but in saying that, everything was kind of non... It, it was, I suppose it was non-verbal because it just went by body language. That was the way it just was. Yeah, no. but that's what I think too. Like, I mean, what is non-verbal consent is you just continue and you go with the flow. But the problem with that is I have no issue with that. If everything's going well between two people and that's fine and no one is pulling back and no one has any hesitation. But the issue that occurs out of that then is if there's no verbal consent or if there's no even question, are you okay? But should, you, but should, we, should we do what Tara suggested earlier on and should boys and girls, by the way, be taught, you know, yeah. that during the interaction, however long it happens to take, that you should continually ask, are we okay to do this? Are we okay to do this? Uh, I don't know. Like, is that, is, that, is, is that consent? I, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm getting don't. confused now. I don't mind asking the question like are you sure you're okay to go with this? Okay and the problem I have with the non-verbal even if it's just one one question asked once, the issue with the non-verbal is what if there's regret the next day and boom here comes the case and that happens a lot too mm-hmm. and, and that's what you don't want to happen so that's why I would always go for the verbal even if you only ask it once. Like, I mean I do, I do agree with what Tara it. said in relation that I think consent is important for lads because it protects them too, because they need protection yeah. too. That's why, that's why I think, yeah, ask the question. Like, but mm. if nothing else, like if you ask the question right before you go ahead or go in or do, <laughs> what do the deed. And they say, yeah, I'm okay to continue. Then that, that, that's consent. And then if you go ahead and do it and then afterwards, there's a situation of, I'm not sure we should have done that. Well, it's a bit too late now is my answer. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. just afraid that the whole most beautiful thing experience in the world, which it is, if you love somebody, of course, becomes very clinical. You, that's, you, yeah, and that—that's that, my fear in relation to that. But that we kind of ruin that very natural moment as well. You know. Yeah, I, I don't know if like I wouldn't keep pushing like a hundred times the question. You know, I mean, you either yeah. ninety-nine point nine percent of the time you either know if you want to do it or not. Yeah. So yeah. there's no but, need to keep asking. But I think we all agree, Emma, just before we go into the break, I think we all agree that consent is important. And, and yeah. it is. And, and I think... And I think it should be part of the sex ed in school. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with 100%. you more. Listen, Emma, thank you very much indeed. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.